Good morning, good morning. Am I doing good? Come on, I'll ask you again after how you're doing this morning. Uh, talking about this, this idea uh, of living an uncommon life. As, as Christians, as believers, and specifically as Action Church, I really feel like our life, our congregation, our relationships, what we do should be uncommon that we should be set apart, that we are called to be in the world but not of the world, that we don't fit into to culture, we don't fit into the status quo because we are living a life differently because of our relationship with Jesus and the perspective we have as believers. We talked about uncommon grace and uncommon faith. We talked about uncommon humility and uncommon unity, uncommon power. Last week, we talked about uncommon purity. Today, if you're taking notes, you can write this down. We're talking about uncommon hospitality. Uncommon hospitality, that there's a way in which we should live as believers, worshiping God and living our life for other people, and it should be uncommon. First Peter chapter two has been our, our theme verse. It says, dear friends, I warn you, as temporary residents and, and foreigners, to keep away from worldly desires that wage war against your very soul. So we talked about last week. There are things that are literally attacking us, uh, a spiritual leprosy when it comes to our, our purity. If we're not careful, there's worldly desires that are waging war, so we need to, to be careful. We need to live a life that is uncommon. Be careful to live properly among your unbelieving neighbors, that it matters how we live, to live properly. We're, we're called to be uncommon. Not weird, by the way. This is not weird hospitality or weird power. We got enough weird Christians and we don't like weird Christians. We love everybody, but we don't like weird Christians at Action Church. Uncommon, not weird. If you're weird, take the bumper sticker off. Take the magnet, put on somebody else's car. And watch how you drive with the magnet, sir. You cut me off in traffic this week and you were the problem and you gave me the number one sign. And I just want you to know your pastor's disappointed in you. That's not true, I just said that to make you laugh. I'm looking for moments of fun today because this is not gonna be fun. It's be 34 minutes and 55 seconds of which you wish you were already watching a football game. <laughs> then even if they accuse you of doing wrong, they will see your honorable behavior and they will give honor to God when he judges the world. That our life and how we live it matters. That our, our trust in God and our worship of him, what we just talked about, gives a foundation in which we live and treat others differently in such a way that people from the outside looking in would say, that's uncommon, that's different. Today I'm talking about biblical hospitality, not Southern hospitality. <laughs> I am from Birmingham, Alabama, roll tide, roll, great win last night, thanks for asking. Had a great night, ate some gumbo and had some shrimp and corn chowder for my LSU friends and it's always more fun when you win. And so, you know, when, you, you know, when you're playing sports, you tell the kids you're just having, you just go out there to have fun. Well, it's always more fun when you win. And so, competitive at the Daily House. I'm from the South. Southern hospitality is defined as, as this, politeness, yes sir, yes ma'am, thank you, please. Kindness, helpfulness, charm, or even charity, all good things. And a staple of Southern hospitality is good home cooking. I didn't make those up, those are on the Google. Those are, that's Southern 
hospitality. And speaking of good home cooking, I'd like to pastor our church through a moment. Could you guys stop skipping Thanksgiving? Some of y'all got Christmas decorations up already. You're skipping a whole holiday in which we are supposed to be grateful. And in my opinion, the best holiday, because it's got the most amount of food. Is anybody already dreaming about Thanksgiving? I've already got a plan. I know what I'm gonna inject the turkeys with. I know what's gonna be in the dressing. I'm already looking at the recipes. Come on, Kim, are you like me if you have Southern Thanksgiving where it's just meat and then casseroles? Anybody else just got a plate full of casseroles? At our Thanksgiving, there's nothing healthy. You got some green beans healthy? Put it in a casserole. You got some squash? Nope, put it in a casserole. You got some collard greens? Nope. Put it in a casserole, add some salt, some gluten, and some carbs. You got yourself a Thanksgiving plate. Another thing I can't trust, I can't trust people that, that skip Thanksgiving, and I can't trust people that have dividers on their plates in Thanksgiving. You can, this is not an organization event. I'll just have some green beans and some, no! You, just a big pile of goodness. Everything goes together because it's all a casserole. It's just all kind of the same texture with different flavors going to the same spot. I don't trust you if you skip it. I don't trust you if you segment it. Doing it wrong. You're not welcome at my Thanksgiving. Back to uncommon hospitality. We're talking about biblical hospitality. This is the life that Jesus lived, and he talks about this in Luke 10. We'll get there in just a moment. But as Christians, we practice this uncommon hospitality by sharing our resources and also sharing our needs so that other people can be hospitable. It's, it's a give and it's, it, it's a take. We serve as both host and guest, as Jesus did, that he hosted and he was hosted when he walked this earth. And it's just a different way to, to do things. It's, it's going outside of your, your, your normal situation. It's going outside of your normal circumstances, it's putting others first. And I heard a story from Pastor Trent at Oviedo really articulating this. I want you to see what I'm talking about. It's not always big things. It's sometimes just small intentional things when it comes to uncommon hospitality. We had a college student coming in a couple months ago and he was late for church, like many of you. And he was coming in and he pulled in a little too sharply and he hit the curb and blew out his tire and he was really distraught and and probably angry, he's late, he's rushing stress, and we had one of our parking team, parking team members run out uh, to serve him, says, hey, I see that you're here, you're rushing in, I don't want you to miss worship, go ahead and get in there, give me your keys, I'll change your tire for you. So while he was worshiping in service, our parking team member changed his tire and said, hey, meet me at the Connect Center, I'll give you your keys, your car will be ready to go when you're done. It's not always huge things, it's just small, intentional ways to let people know that, that God loves them and that, that we see them because how we treat people is a direct reflection of the health of our relationship with God. It's not just what you know. It's not just how good you pray. It's not just the gifts of the Spirit that you walk in. It's, it's, not, it's not the Bible studies necessarily that you lead. It's not all of those things. All of those things are good. We need to be with the Lord and we need to have all those things and we should know the truth so we can stand on the truth. I'm not discounting all that. I'm saying when I'm looking at your life and you're looking at my life, how we treat other people is a direct reflection of the health of our relationship with God. First Peter chapter four, above all, above all. You know what that means? Above all. 
really deep here at Action Church. Love, love each other deeply because love covers over a multitude of sins. Verse nine, offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. We should be serving, we should be loving. Jesus is, is talking in Luke chapter 10, and we're gonna, we're gonna camp out here uh, as our passage today. It's the story of the Good Samaritan, but it, it starts uh, before the parable. He does some teaching, and it brings some context. It says, what must I do to inherit eternal life is the question we're gonna read about. And that's what we're gonna talk about today. Well, what does it look like to live a life of uncommon hospitality? Luke 10, one day, come on, check this out. One day, an expert in religious law stood up to test Jesus by asking him this question. By the way, we should never do that. We don't need to test Jesus. Jesus is Jesus, and we are not. We should ask him questions, but not to put him in a place of, uh, uh, of where he has to be responsible to answer our questions. We should be learners, but not trapping Jesus. Teacher, uh, what should I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus replied, what does the law of Moses say? How do you read it? The man answered, you must love the Lord your God with all of your heart, all of your soul, all of your strength, and all of your, your mind. That there's different ways in which we show our love for God, that is with our, our heart, with our, with our feelings, with our emotions, with our strength, with what we do, with our mind, with how we, we, we think. There are different ways in which we show this, this love that we have received. And check this out. <clears throat> and love your neighbor as you love yourself. Right, Jesus told him. Do this and you will live. The man wanted to justify his actions, so he asked Jesus, and who is my neighbor? <clears throat> who is my neighbor? How we treat people, it matters. Jesus tells this parable to further illustrate his point. Jesus replied with a story. A Jewish man was traveling from Jerusalem down to Jericho, and he was attacked by bandits. They stripped him of his clothes, beat him up, and left him for dead beside the road. By chance, a priest came along. When he saw the man lying there, he crossed to the other side of the road and passed him by. A temple assistant walked over and looked at him lying there, but he also passed to the other side. Come on, an action church member, a small group leader, a bunch of religious people saw this need and just not only, not only didn't help, completely avoided that there was even a problem because they walked to the other side. Then a despised Samaritan came along and when he saw the man, he felt compassion for him. It's gonna be important as we talk about how to live in uncommon hospitality. There, there is something about seeing that need, but he felt compassion when we see people in need. And eternally and spiritually speaking, we're all in need and we're all lost and we're all lying in a ditch in our own sin eternally. So it should be our, our view of all of broken humanity. He felt compassion for him. Going over to him, so he didn't avoid it, he went to it. The Samaritan soothed his wounds with olive oil and wine and he bandaged them. He was willing to give up his own valuable time and now his resources, oil and wine, would have not been cheap and so he was using his own stuff to help a stranger. Then he put the man on his own donkey and took him to an inn where he took care of him. 
The next day, he handed the innkeeper two silver coins, again, investing in a stranger, uncommon hospitality, telling him, take care of this man. If his bills run higher than this, I'll pay you the next time that I'm here. Now, which of these three would you say was a neighbor to the man who was attacked by bandits? Jesus asked. The man replied, the one who showed him mercy. Then Jesus said, now, yes, you go and do the same. This idea of uncommon hospitality is people over process. And it's not a a law thing. It's a gospel thing. What I mean is, if we're not careful, we'll make this a works-based thing. So if you you hear this message from the wrong context today, from a legalism mindset or a law mindset, well, if if I do this or if I've received this, then I have to now respond with this. Like it's a, it's a law thing. Like it's a list of do's and don'ts and regulations and religion that if I'm gonna be a good Christian, I have to be hospitable. I have to have compassion. I have to love and serve others. I have to do this. I wanna submit to you today that you do have to do this, but it's not a law thing. It's a gospel thing. It's not a I have to give. I have to serve. I have to have compassion. I have to love. I have to care. I have to. I want to submit to you today that it looks like this. It looks like because I've been redeemed, because I've been restored, because I've been set free from my past, because I've received this, because somebody else met me when I was in a ditch. His name was Jesus and and tended to my wounds and cared for me. I don't have to. I have to. I I have to. I have to help somebody else. I I have to give what I've received so freely away. Like, I I have to serve. I have to care. I have to go. I, I have to. I have to. And it's when we get that mindset, I've just, I have to do this. There's, there's no choice. It's my only response to love God and then to love what he loves. It's uncommon, but I have to, I have to. I wanna give you two comparisons of common hospitality versus uncommon hospitality today. Just as decent humans, not even as Christ followers or mature believers, just as decent humans, we should practice common hospitality. Now, I wanna give you two things that you should just write these down, even if you don't believe what we believe, and this is the last time we ever see each other, because this will just help us be a better human. Those are the common ones, and then I wanna challenge our church to live an uncommon life when it comes to our view and our treatment of other people. The first one is this. Common is that we see the need. We see the need, that we don't just walk to the other side of the street, that we don't just say, ah, it's not a big deal. Just because it's not happening to you doesn't mean that it's not a big deal. We need to see the need, that's common. But write this down, the uncommon, what I'm calling us to is we need to actually feel the need. We need to walk in this life with more empathy. 
in which we actually put ourselves to the best of our ability in somebody else's shoes. Have you ever walked through anything new, maybe something tough, then you have an appreciation, you have a, a knowledge, you have an experience that now connects you? I think too many of us discount the life that people have lived, what they've gone through, and we don't treat them with the same honor, respect, or hospitality because of their behavior, but we never take the time to understand how they got there. Because we gotta feel that need. What does it feel like? That's why at, at Action Church, the, the hospitality thing is so important to us. Our guest services teams here are not just because we're trying to be like Disney or give you a great experience. No, it's uncommon hospitality because people, you and me and Caesar Life, need to know that God loves them, matters to them, and matters to us as well. Like, that's why we have parking team who do a phenomenal job. Rain, shine, wind, rain. Should thank a parking team member. Thank Action Kids team first. Because I've met some of your kids. That's a ministry back there. And then thank a parking team member because somebody's gonna yell at them today. We've said from day one at Action Church that the parking lot often preaches louder than the pulpit because if we don't offer hospitality, on the way in, they'll never even receive the word God has for them. Put yourself in their shoes. Maybe it's your shoes today. Maybe you're here for the first time. How overwhelming. Somebody who doesn't know Jesus struggling with something, maybe struggling in their marriage or struggling with an addiction or just struggling to get the kids in the car to get here and they come up to a place like this where they don't know anybody. It's why we have parking team out there. It's why at every location that the doors are open for hopefully every single guest. Why? Because we're excited that you're here. I met a lady in uh, the first year of the church and she said when she walked in Action Church, it was the first time anybody had ever opened a door for her in her whole life. Yeah, by mistake, somebody's held a door, but somebody greeted her and opened a door and said, I was happy. She said, I've never, you won't believe this, Pastor, but I've never been welcomed like that. I've, I've had, and she began to list her life, and it reminded me year one, and we've done it ever since, that we have to practice uncommon hospitality because we don't know what people are going through. We have to serve and to love and to meet and feel needs. You'll never meet the need fully until you feel it. Until you see it. Like we're going into expansion season and this year we're really going all in with our partners. We really believe that God has got some great things for us and we're gonna talk about that over the next few weeks and with, with schools and hopefully land. We all, we're dreaming about some big vision but I really feel like in this season he's calling us to invest in what other people are doing before he, he gives us our, our dreams. It's a season for giving to our partners but if you don't see the need and feel the need, you'll never understand. Like if you've never understood what it feels like to to meet the needs that we're meeting in Uganda where we're digging four new water wells for our, our, our partners there because, because we're reaching tens of thousands of people. We've seen 
over four or 5,000 uh, small groups, co-ops, businesses that we've started with our partner there. They all have a pastor. They all have church. They have small groups. They have their own business coming out of poverty into, uh, into a place where they can support themselves. And we're doing four new wells in communities right by our co-ops, but also connected to villages that we have no relationship with because we know they will all gather around water and then we can take what we're doing to help our current communities and exponentially grow that. And when you hear about that, that's just something that's happening in Africa, but when you understand that you didn't pick where you were born, you just showed up here. You had nothing to do with it. And you understand that there are people that are suffering things that we're not suffering, and yet we've got our own struggle, but we see a need and we feel it. Like, just, just go a few hours without some water. Why don't you go walk three miles just to the grocery store to buy yourself a water and then think about what we're providing for people? It's not just seeing the need, it's filling the need. It changes things. You'll never be the same. You, you go serve at Christmas store. You go serve with one of our local community benefit partners. You go on a missions trip and you will see the need, you will feel the need, and it will change how you live. Yeah. You gotta see the need, you gotta feel the need for being common. Here's the second one, common. Common hospitality is, is we're willing to serve. We're willing to serve. I think we all can get there. It's just decent humans. You have to be a Christian. It, Oh, you need me to serve back to school. You need me to serve a Thanksgiving outreach. You need me to serve a Christmas store. You need me to serve a back to school. What yeah, I can do that. I can serve. Willing to serve. Uncommon is willing to sacrifice. They're willing to sacrifice. That we're willing to sacrifice some of our, our time. We're willing to sacrifice some of our energy. True love is always sacrificial. Come on, anybody in a healthy relationship in here today? See some people not raising their hands. Sorry for your family next to you. <laughs> like, nope, no, no, I don't know. Saw one guy look to both sides. Nope. nope. Any, any healthy relationship requires sacrifice. For God so loved the world that he, he gave his one and only son. Sacrifice. Any healthy marriage, sacrifice. Any healthy friendship, sacrifice. Got to be willing to sacrifice. It's a silly illustration, but yesterday we had some people over uh, for, for the game. And if you're going to practice uncommon hospitality, you got to be willing to sacrifice. So so Gabby and I get up for, for two or three hours and we're cleaning, we're organizing the house and I don't get to play golf, didn't get to play pickleball, didn't get to work out. Just cleaning my house. Can we all come into agreement? I'd like to just come into agreement with anybody that wants to be friends with me. We all know your house wasn't that clean the day before. Why are we all trying to impress each other we see every single week? Just leave it there. You leave it there, I'll leave it there. We got way less work to do. I know you spent two hours cleaning before I got there. And I never came in and thought you loved me more because like, oh, wow, your calendars are clean. No. I'd like to know what you, you eat last night. Hopefully it's still in the, in the uh, sink. Mine too. Great. We can be friends. <laughs> no, but if you're going to host somebody, if you're going to serve somebody, if you're going to practice hospitality, it's going to take some sacrifice for you. 
And I believe if we're gonna reach our full potential as a church, it's gonna require some sacrifice. I think God's calling us to, to live a life beyond ourselves. But we like comfortable. We like easy. But we like simple. We like serving, but when it's on our terms. We like giving. We like showing compassion when we feel like it. I just don't think that's the discipleship journey that God calls us to. Salvation is free, but discipleship can cost you everything. Lay down your life. Pick up your cross. And follow, follow me. There's a large group of us at Action Church, large group of you that, that get this. We celebrated on Friday night with our, with our annual A-Team party. Come on, if you were there, make some noise. You have some fun. Come on, you should join the A-Team just to come to the A-Team party. The staff, we just make idiots of ourselves for an hour and a half, have so much fun and such great food, and really just, just reminisce and, and look back at the faithfulness of God from the year before and talk about what's coming next. And it's, you really see people you see people that are willing to sacrifice. In fact, that's the story, that's the story of our church. We're, we're turning 11 or 10 this year. We moved here 11 years ago. And it's a story of, of sacrifice. Sacrificing of priorities and preferences for, for people. So I wanna ask you this morning at all of our locations is what are you willing to sacrifice for God's glory and for other people's benefit? And then what has God put in front of you to use to help others? Who has he put in front of you? And what has he given you to help? Because see, the story of Action Church in the area of this uncommon hospitality is not a story that's super calculated. If we have this seven-year plan, if we press this button and turn this dial and pull this lever, then we're gonna have all of this influence and we do, by the way. 10 years in, we're invited into every form of government you can imagine. We're meeting with the governors. We're meeting with the mayors. We're meeting with the school boards, the county commissioners. They're all coming to us, asking us to be a part of what, they are inviting the church into every area of influence to meet needs and to serve and to help and to coach and to strategize and to organize. We're literally invited. We say no to more than what we say yes to. It's unbelievable. You think, Pastor, how did you do that? How did we get there? One small step of sacrifice at a time. Before we even started the church, 11 years ago, we would gather as a launch team. and We'd gather and talk vision and worship every other week. But every Friday and every other Saturday, we would serve. And every Friday night that Winter Springs High School would have a home football game, we would get trash bags at Lowe's and put on our red reach shirts and we would go pick up trash in 95 degree heat, in the rain, 
Come on, it was freezing one night, I remember, and people would ask, why are you doing this? And we'd say, before we ever expect something from this community, we want the community to know we have something for them. So we took care of the only relationship we had. We moved here not knowing anybody. It wasn't strategic. It wasn't this idea of we want to be something great. Too many of us wait for the big thing and never take the small step. Like when I have more time, when my kids are older, I'll serve. When I, when I have more money, that's when I'll give. What if you don't have more time and what are you waiting for? There is somebody on the side of the road in a ditch and that could be a metaphor or that could be actually uh, practically real, but we're waiting and God is saying, why are you not willing to sacrifice these things to help other people? The story of a mature believer is a story of small consistent sacrifice. And I remember those 30 people that turned to 82 people before we launched. And you know what, what, what was so shocking to me as I reflected on that journey and now where we are today? Is that 82? You know what they did? Every one of them served every outreach. Every one of the 82 gave to the Mission of Action Church. And if I'm being really honest and preparing for this message in this season, year 11 through 20, what I'm concerned about in leading this is that you and I, we as Action Church, we've gotten complacent. Gotten complacent. We've turned a participation sport into a spectating activity. The Bible says the harvest is great, but the workers are few. The harvest is great. There are so many people in our community that need Jesus, but the workers are few, and I feel like the word I have for our church is that the workers are few at Action Church. It's just, the problem is just a few of the workers are actually working. Let me illustrate this way. I love going out to eat. Anybody else love going out to eat? I love it. I feel like too many of our church are enjoying the meal. God, you love it. You got that second and third appetizer. Yeah, that looks great. Filet, of course. Anybody want some sides? Sides, sides. Yeah, we'll take the sides. Dessert, we'll have a bite of everything. Check comes. I love consuming. Just not so much about the contributing. Let me be very clear. The harvest is great. And if you're in the harvest, you have a seat at our table for as long as you want. You don't know Jesus? Sit. Four appetizers on me. You're hurting, you're part of the harvest. You're in a season of healing, you're part of the harvest. You're in a season that needs some rest, harvest. Restoration, harvest. You're a healthy believer. 
worker. Workers work. And I don't know what caused you to become a consumer. I don't know what caused you to stop using your God-given gifts for his glory and for others' benefit. But consumer Christianity and uncommon hospitality don't go together. And in fact, consumer Christianity doesn't go with biblical Christianity either. Pastor, are you just trying to get me to serve more and give more? Yes. Yep. Yep. That's it. Put that on the title. Workers work. It's not for me, it's for you. I need one pulpit and one chair. I'm good. But thousands of people need Jesus. We had 100% participation back when we first started. I'd give anything to have 40%, 50%, 60%. We're not even passing grade yet, and that would be more than what's happening right now because we received it. We consumed it. We just stopped participating in it. Wow. Why? Why? What happened? If that is you, why are you still here? I mean this all in my heart. Find a place filled with the Spirit of God, with a life-giving, Bible-believing church. Go be a part of it. Because if you're a worker that's not working, you're in the way. And this is your invitation to leave. Because you need to find somewhere where God can use you. And we need your seat and your parking spot. Because the harvest is great. I didn't promise that he did. But I, we, can't, we can't bring in the harvest if the workers that ain't working are in the way. I'd rather have 2,000 people working than five, six, 7,000 people and most of them watching. That's what we're gonna go. And it's gonna require sacrifice. It's gonna require living beyond yourself. But you cannot love, you cannot say you love something that you're not willing to sacrifice for. So I'd love for you to pray. If you believe in an uncommon hospitality, if you believe in a loving the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your strength, your soul, and your mind, if you believe in loving your neighbor as you love yourself and then living a life that proves that, we would love to have you here. Far from perfect. We're gonna give you a lot of grace. We're gonna ask for a lot of grace, but we can build something together. And if you're healing, hurting, or lost, sit here as long as you want, but pick one of the two. I'm praying in this season of going into our second decade, I'm praying that we would be a church that would be marked like we were at the beginning. Come on, I'd say this first service, that verse in Revelation, you're doing all these great things, but I have this one complaint against you. You've forsaken your first love. And I wanna make sure all of us are in love with Jesus and then living a life that exemplifies that, which is embodied primarily through how we worship him and how we treat people. So pray this week. Find a need. 
really feel it and meet it. What I love about the Good Samaritan is he didn't just find it, feel it, and meet it. He followed through. Come on, because the point of this message is relationship. Relationship with God and relationship with, with other people. So the Good Samaritan, he, he followed through, but then he said, hey, if this costs more, hey, if there's something else to do, hey, if there's more on this journey, I'm gonna come back around. So we need to be a church that finds the need and feels the need. We need to feel the need and then meet the need. We need to follow through with what we say we're going to do, but check this out. We need to make sure we follow up. Like I'm gonna come back around because it wasn't just a one-time thing to help you and to make me feel better. This is a relational thing that you don't just need your needs met, you need your eternal destiny changed, and that comes through relationship. We're not just going to come fly in and fly out and follow through. We're actually going to follow up because I prioritize your life and your eternity over everything else. That's why we're doing this, so that people can meet Jesus. More people will meet Jesus the more people we have working for his kingdom. That ain't complicated math. So I'm asking you, what difference could we make together if we started to really live out this uncommon hospitality? Empathy and action. Seeing and then meeting. I think our communities, I think our cities, I think our, our world would be different if we pick up this challenge to live a life marked by uncommon hospitality. Love to pray for you this morning. Every head bowed, every eye closed. God, thank you. Thank you for meeting us here today. God, I pray for every individual right now that calls Action Church home. I pray this would be a, a, a season of growth. Holy Spirit, I pray, myself included, our pastors, our leadership, I pray today would be a, a message of conviction that we have settled, we've grown complacent, and you are convicting us, drawing us closer to you, and challenging us to represent you in a different and better way. I pray against any condemnation or shame that is not from you. I pray today that we would have conviction that would lead to repentance, like true change. We would begin living that uncommon life you're calling us to. Church, every head bowed, every eye closed. I want to talk just for a moment, not to the workers, but to the harvest. If you're in here and you're in need of healing, you're in need of restoration, you're hurting, you don't know Jesus. Say, Pastor, that sounds great. I want to be a part of helping people. I want to be a part of being hospitable. Well, you can't give something away you haven't received. What I'm talking about is, is giving away true love, and that true love is a relationship with Jesus. And so today, I believe, is your day of salvation. I believe in the worship moment or through a song or through a prayer or through the reading of scripture that today God saw fit to create a divine appointment for you to come here and meet with him. That you're gonna leave differently because you're gonna have Jesus as the Lord of your life. If that's you today and you wanna accept what Jesus did for you, his life lived for you perfectly so he could die as a substitute as you on the cross, the cross grants you salvation and forgiveness. His resurrection gives you power over sin in the grave and your job is to surrender control. No longer I that live, but Christ that lives in me. I'm giving you control of my life. If you wanna do that today, for the very first time, or maybe you wanna to return to him today. You've, you've been struggling with some things. You've walked through some things. And it's caused you to doubt. You, 
you're like me this week, just, just full, of, full of anxiety or being overwhelmed and you haven't invited Jesus in the middle of that and you want to make a statement today, I'm recommitting my life today. I'd love to pray for you here at Winter Park, Oviedo, Sanford as well. If that's you and you say, I want Jesus to be the Lord of my life, I am giving my life to him for the very first time or I'm recommitting my life today, would you raise your hand so I know who I'm praying with this morning? I got, yeah, I got one, two, three, four, five. Five just in the middle. Yes, sir, yes, ma'am, six, seven, eight. Got one here on the front, got you. Yep, two or three more in the back. Going in the stadium, several going up. Always honor to share this moment with you. Oviedo, Sanford, Holy Spirit's moving in your rooms right now as well. Come on, somebody online. Giving Jesus control of your life. You can put your hands down. Would you pray this in your heart as I prayed out loud? Say this. Say, God, I love you. And God, I thank you. I thank you for saving me. I acknowledge I'm a sinner and I'm saved only by your grace. And I'm confessing with my mouth and I'm believing in my heart that you, Jesus, are Lord. And I give you that place, complete and total control. Have your way. Thank you. Thank you for saving me. Now, God, I pray for all of us. I pray this week, give us divine appointments to meet needs, to show uncommon hospitality, to love people right where they are and point them to a relationship with you. We love you. We thank you for meeting us here this morning. It's in Jesus' name we pray. And everybody at Action Church said amen and amen. Can we celebrate the dozens of decisions that were just made? So proud of you.